over the weekend, we saw the crypto market crash and uh, people could not take their money out. Or is it really money? Is it, I mean, can we think of cryptocurrency as money? Jared Bond joins us now. He's a professor at the University of British Columbia's uh, Sauter School of Business who studies blockchains and cryptocurrencies. I have to admit, Jared, I've talked about this quite a bit. I still can't wrap my head around crypto and I don't think I'm alone. So can we consider crypto as a real legitimate currency? Because I know it's not um, insured the same way currency is. Yeah, absolutely. There are aspects of crypto that are definitely currencies. Now, we can't say that all 10 or 20,000 different uh, cryptos are currencies, um, but certainly Bitcoin is a reserve currency in uh, in countries around the world currently today. So seven months ago, you mentioned Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum's the other biggie. They were at record highs and the value of the global crypto market I was reading was basically about $3 trillion U.S. Can you speak to how much that value fell over the weekend and, and what caused the collapse? Do we even know? And since the peak, we've seen um, the the total uh, market value of crypto go down to around $1 trillion. And I mean, there's many macroeconomic factors which are impacting all markets today. And crypto is not um, unique in that way. And so the macro environmental factors that we see with the pandemic, uh, inflation, uh, monetary policy, the war in Ukraine, things like that are impacting the crypto markets, just like they are. Uh, the, the, the different factors that we have in the crypto markets is that there certainly is a, a significant higher level of volatility in the market. Um, and that's why it can rise very, very quickly, but it can also fall out quite quickly. There are people that live uh, by an expression uh, that is, I think it's called uh, hold them, uh, hold on for dear life. Can you speak to that and, and tell us a little bit about the fact that there are some diehards that aren't going to get get rid of their crypto, even if the, the value falls? Hodl was a term that was developed accidentally on a forum in the early days of um of bitcoin where someone misspelled the word hold um, and uh, that's where the thought process came from and uh, effectively became a meme in the bitcoin community and so there certainly is uh, a lot of passionate what we call maximalists or maxis um, in the community that will never sell their bitcoin because they can stomach the volatility or they may be bought at a much lower price. And still today, even if we look at Bitcoin as an investment, it still performs very, very well compared to all other traditional investments, even at the price today, if we look over a four-year period. And so we can see that there's great opportunities um, in the market now, uh, potentially for people to enter in at the same price they could have at 2017. So there was a kind of a, a run on the bank, as it were. I mean, it reminded me, the only way I can wrap my head around it is to think back to It's a Wonderful Life and the run on the bank. Uh, but people tried mm -hmm. to get their their money out of uh, crypto to sell it off, crypto.com, and found that they weren't able to do that. And I think there were a couple other uh, currencies, cryptocurrencies, that kind of froze the, I don't know, I don't even know the right term for it, but sure. like shut everything <laughs> down, froze it all up, yeah. and you could not take your money out, you couldn't do any trading with it. Can you explain why that is and and, and, and if that's a normal uh, thing to be aware of if you're gonna get into the, the, you know, investing in cryptocurrency? 
So what you're referring to is a, a company called Celsius. And a lot of people um, use Celsius kind of like a bank where you can put your crypto tokens there and earn in, in interest or what we refer to in the community as staking your tokens. And so um, what we know is that in the, in the world of Web3 and crypto, um, if you don't hold the keys, you don't hold the coins or the tokens, no keys, no coins. And so what that means is that when you give your tokens to an intermediary like Celsius, you actually don't have the rights to those tokens in exchange for giving up your rights. They give you interest, which is just like a bank. Um, and this really is at the antithesis of Kind of the heart and the foundation of blockchain technology and crypto as it was founded by satoshi yakamoto in uh, 2009 and so when you're willing to give up your custody or your ownership of the coins sometimes these types of things happen and it really is problematic in the in the web3 community and this types of stuff needs to be sorted out but you're right you were not able to withdraw your crypto for a time period on Celsius and Celsius has one and a half million users around the world. So it's quite significant. What's your, your key? Is it a code? It's a 12 word phrase. Uh, sorry, it's 12 separate words that are given to you when you create a wallet. And that is how you access your coins anywhere in the world. However, uh, there are different ways you can hold it. And if you hold them on a centralized exchange or wallet like Celsius, yep. you effectively are saying to them, they have control or they have custody. That's risky, especially for a lot of people that can't remember the passwords. You're talking about 12 words. This is an investment. Oh. If you mess up, like let's say I mess up my fourth word and I somehow have misplaced the words and I can't find the fourth word, my investments are gone. Essentially, is is, is that, am I hearing that right? That is correct. And so with, wow. with custody comes risk. And so when you take control of something, there comes additional risk. And so it's mm -hmm. like, um, if I were to hand the wheel to an experienced driver of my car, I am trusting them. But if I don't trust the person who I could hand the wheel to, then I might feel better with actually having control myself because I feel I can do a better job. And that really is the foundation of crypto, is that the belief that I can do a better job than the bank or I don't trust the bank. And really, this is an addressing an issue of trust because banks have often historically done the exact same thing where they have disallowed people to remove their dollars from their bank accounts. And the reason is you want to stop the hemorrhaging? Is that what's going on? That's the reason. Well, no one really knows why Celsius did this recent, this weekend, but mm -hmm. the suspicion is that, yes, it was to stop the hemorrhaging, that they didn't have enough capital to back up the withdrawals. And are is it open now? Is it unfrozen yet? Or do you still... Uh, if you have uh, Bitcoin and Celsius on that platform, are you still kind of waiting for them to open the vault for you again? I do believe that you now can. Okay. It's interesting. Do you think it's going to put a lot of people off investing in cryptocurrency that maybe were a little skittish at the first, in the first place? I think that there are probably people that were on a fence that this will put them off for the time being. But once Bitcoin goes back up to 70,000 US dollars, 100,000, up to maybe half a million dollars, as many people predict over the next decade, then absolutely people will be regretting the fact that they didn't get in on an opportunity that we have today. So um, in the short term, we see a lot of turmoil and with turmoil comes um, 
all kinds of questions as to what one should do with their money. Um, but I would say that this is probably a short-term challenge. And I would say these types of things need to happen in order to clean out the market and allow some of these actors to be removed from the marketplace if they're not able to operate an efficient and effective business within the Web3 space. And you're talking about cryptocurrencies that might be questionable. Absolutely. Not just cryptocurrencies, but yes, cryptocurrencies and also kind of the supportive network around cryptocurrencies, kind of like these centralized exchanges that exist that may not be doing a good job of what they're supposed to be doing. Like Celsius? Like Celsius. I'm not suggesting that Celsius isn't necessarily doing a good job. Mm -hmm. But yeah, exactly. Companies like that. And I think what they have done is hugely problematic for the crypto community. And I think it will cost them dearly. I'm just trying to see if I comprehend the information that you're throwing out here, because for a lot of us, it's like a mental block. What do you mean? I, you know, cryptocurrency, it's, it's kind of a gamble. And I've had people on that have said, you know, if you're not a gambler, it's not for you. You know, so I I teach uh, crypto um, and uh, blockchain technology at the University of British Columbia. Um, and I, I talked to a lot of students who are wondering how does one get into this safely and securely without taking massive amounts of risk? And there's absolutely really pragmatic processes that one can go through to mitigate the risk in investing in this type of technology. But there is a significant risk. There is no question about it. But you know what? When people were investing in um, internet-based companies in the mid-90s, there was incredible mm-hmm. risk. And some of those people were rewarded handsomely for the risk in which they took. And so, but weren't they the, rewarded the, handsomely because they got out quick? Like a lot of people sold their businesses, their dot-coms, or, you know, and they got out quick before the collapse? Of course, timing is important, right? You, yeah. You may, you, you, you do need to understand that you may not be able to hold certain investments over long periods of time in the same way that Americans who sold real estate in the beginning of 2008 were rewarded well, but those who held mm-hmm. to the end of 2008, it cost them a lot of money. And so the risk in real estate at that time was quite significant because people lost a lot of equity. And so this is no different than those situations, but this is the early days of Web3 and crypto. This is the wild, wild west time in which we're investing in. And so one must expect there's going to be some pretty significant volatility at this time. And we need to go in with our eyes wide open, knowing that these types of things can definitely happen. So is the takeaway, be careful who you hand your keys to? Yeah. No keys, no coins. That's the slogan. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> no ticky, no Jackie. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Uh, it's been really interesting talking to you, Jared. You've made this uh, really, you know, I, I think I might have a little bit of a mental block against blockchain, funnily enough, and I'm probably not the only one, but you made it re- qu- quite easy to understand and, and comprehend. So I want to thank you for that. Thanks, Kelly. I'm happy to chat with you anytime. All right. Well, we'll keep your name on file. Thanks, Jared. Have a great day. Thanks. Cheers. Jared Vaughn is a professor at the University of British Columbia Saunders School of Business who studies blockchains and cryptocurrencies. Yeah, we'll keep him on file.